Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Empire Sports Talk. I am your host, Roman Gennaro. It's been a couple weeks. If you're watching on YouTube, we are in a new location. This is our new uh, setup. You can see behind me, I have a shelf of memorabilia. It's This place is far from ready to go. I got some stuff I need to hang up. If you're watching on YouTube, it'll get better with each episode, I promise. We have a lot to cover. This is going to be a very NBA-heavy episode, so let's let's get right to the action. First thing I want to talk about, this is this is a little bit of old news, but it's been a couple of weeks, and it's really, really irking me, is that a- Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA, has has instituted, has tried, has talked about two major changes um, to the way the NBA is done, and one of them has already taken effect, and I want to touch on both of them. The first one is... He's talked about possibly instituting a max score for overtime games to to avoid long broadcasts and player fatigue. And this came after a double overtime 176 to 175 game between the Clippers and the Kings with the Kings coming out on top. It was the second highest scoring game in NBA history and Kawhi Leonard played 46 minutes. And apparently this is a problem. Apparently it's a problem to expect your highest paid and most notable athletes to actually play. The problem I have with this is that 46 minutes, how many times in, in the past several years have we seen a, a, a player in a clutch, mo- in, in a clutch moment in, in certain situations play 40, 45 minutes in a regulation game? A regulation game is 48 minutes. So even with double overtime, and I believe the overtime periods are five minutes apiece, so that's 58 minutes. Even in double overtime, Kawhi didn't play a full regulation game. This is no surprise. Kawhi Leonard is one of the biggest violators when it comes to load management. We we, we, we literally see Kawhi once a week when he's healthy, and he's not healthy that often. But Adam Silver thinks a player playing 46 minutes once a week is too much. The The max score would be similar to what we see in the NBA All-Star game. And as we saw from this last year's NBA All-Star game, it was one of the lowest rated they've ever had. And the ratings continue to drop on almost all All-Star games, honestly, but especially the NBA All-Star game. So I don't think taking a rule from a failing exhibition game is the way to improve the NBA. Because they've limited back-to-backs, because of all the precautions that are already taken to protect players, teams only play about three times a week. And they hardly ever play back-to-backs. In fact, after the double overtime game, the Clippers didn't play, I believe that was a Wednesday, they didn't play again until Friday, and that went to overtime. But you know what? They had Thursday off. And as load management gets worse, we're, we're actually seeing some younger players, notably Anthony Edwards and Josh Hart and others, talk about a responsibility to be out there on the court when, when healthy, a responsibility to play when they're able to play because they see it as they should as, you know, we are people that get to play a game for a living and we have we have had everything curtailed to us and so when regular people 
you know, work hard and spend their hard-earned money to come see us play once and twice a year, we better be out there if we can be. And so we're starting to see some of the younger players realize the importance of playing every game, whereas some of the veterans are still um, guilty of load management. I, I don't think load management's going to last forever because the media and other and younger players are starting to say, now wait a minute, it's not fair to fans. It's a disservice to fans. It's, it's a disservice to organizations because cosmetically – as a league that is kind of flailing right now, the NBA has a responsibility to put its best foot forward, to put its best product on the floor. And if you have a game, for instance, between the Clippers and Lakers, where where you have star power like Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, to name a few. If, if all those guys are healthy, on any given night you could see you want all five of those guys on the floor. But because of load management, it's very likely that you wouldn't see LeBron, that you wouldn't see Kawhi, that you may see Paul George, that you may or may not see Russell Westbrook. And you probably wouldn't see Anthony Davis that much either because it seems like when LeBron doesn't play, neither does AD. So I think load management will die, but I think this this max score is stupid because it's because it's curtailing again to to load management and the problem that it's causing and Adam Silver has said he doesn't see a problem with load management that's ridiculous if 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 that's your opinion you don't need to be the commissioner of a league whose job it is to put the best product on the floor in front of fans because you don't care about fans and as far as cutting down on game time and broadcast. It's funny to me that he brought up broadcast because you know what broadcasts do? Broadcasts make money. Longer broadcast means more ads. More ads means more revenue, and more revenue means a richer NBA and more money in everybody's pocket, including Adam Silver. So it's I find it laughable that he mentions over long broadcasts because that 176-175 game... Let's be honest. The, the the biggest problem about that game was there was zero defense, which to me is a problem in the NBA. Nobody plays defense. Uh, the Defensive Player of the Year award is kind of laughable at this point because it's like the the less of the evils is who actually played some defense. That's you know you watch college basketball and those guys are going for it. Those guys are playing defense. Those guys are taking mid range shot. College basketball right now is a more well rounded example of basketball than the NBA is but the game was still 176 175 everybody was talking about it everybody was like man did you see that game did you see the score did you see it and and since when is having fans talking about a game a bad thing the game was good for the for the league despite the fact that it there was no defense despite the fact that the commissioner is now calling out the length of that game for Kawhi Leonard playing 46 minutes, which is less than a regulation game. And we've, as I've said, we've seen many, many players play 40, 42 minutes, 45 minutes in big situations. That's what you're asked to do as a professional athlete. You're asked to show up in big moments, not to be sitting on the bench. And the other thing that Adam Silver has talked about, and they already did it this year in the All-Star game, was the addition of or not addition but but 
a, a reconstruction of the All-Star Game draft process, which I already wasn't a fan of. I think it should stick to conferences because that's what's the point of having conferences if we're not going to use them in an All-Star Game setting, which is the ideal di- ideal time to use them. He has mentioned changing the format, and they've done it actually, changing the format to where to avoid a last pick scenario. So captains, which which in this last year's case was LeBron and Giannis, will start by picking from a pool of reserved players and then finish with starters so that the last pick, quote-unquote, would be in it would be a starter. How soft has this generation gotten to where we need to worry about the feelings getting hurt of a millionaire basketball player who was voted an all-star because he's good, because he's one of the best, of a millionaire basketball player being picked last. We have to worry about his feelings being hurt? Seriously? What is this, middle school? If you get picked last for an all-star game, you're still an NBA all-star. You're still getting a bonus. You're still making millions of dollars. Why are we worried about a millionaire's feelings? Seriously. When you and 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 this is an issue in all sports right now, not just the NBA, but with the NBA, the NFL, the MLB right now and don't get me started on the MLB rule changes, that's a whole other, other podcast. When you make sweeping changes to the game that everyone knows in an effort to bring in new fans or quicken the pace of the game or to attract viewership. When you make sweeping changes to the game, I don't think it has the desired effect that people think it does because, yes, there will be some fans that go with the flow, whatever. Uh, there, there was a 14-11 spring training game that, that went two hours and 25 minutes. There, and in a separate instance, there was a guy that struck out a hitter in 20 seconds with the new pitch clock rules, whatever, in baseball. But when you make sweeping changes to a sport that already has a booming fan base, as all three of these do, you risk alienating those that you already had in pursuit of new fans you might not keep anyway. People that fall in love with basketball, people that fall in love with football, with the NFL, with Major League Baseball, with NBA, fall in love with it for reasons other than the game's over quick, for reasons other than the players don't get too tired, for reasons other than the bases are too small or at-bats take too long. That's not the stuff that makes you fall in love with baseball, with football, with basketball. You fall in love with sports because you see the beauty in it, because you see the storytelling, because you see how great it can be, and how great it makes you want to be. You see these things that speak to you on a human level, and that's what makes people fall in love with the sports that they love. But when you change it for cosmetic reasons, when you change it for wokeism, when you change it for, oh, the game, we, we need the games to be two hours and 45 minutes instead of three hours, you risk losing the people that fell in love with the game itself in its purest form. And so these changes that Major League Baseball is making, these changes that the NBA are making are ridiculous on, on the point of you're going to turn your sport into a caricature of the beautiful thing that it once was. There's a reason why sports have golden eras, why sports have uh, 
why why certain fans are nostalgic for a certain time of play. And it's because either that's when they fell in love with it or that's when it was at its best. And either rule changes are done to to avoid things of that era, like there's no more hand checking in uh, in basketball or or to to expedite the process like the pitch clock in baseball. You have to weigh the risks of growing the game and alienating the fan base you already had in service of potential new fans. And so I I don't agree with Adam Silver on either of these, whether it be the all-star game draft process, because I just think that's that's soft. I think that's, oh, we don't want a multimillionaire NBA all-star to get his feelings hurt because he was picked last for an exclusive team of the best players in the world. And the max score thing doesn't even work to draw viewership to the All-Star game, which has all the stars in it. So why would we want to see it in, in, in a game in November that doesn't matter when we could have exciting double overtime games in a one-point finish where, the, where one of the best players on the floor plays 46 minutes? That's a great thing. I'm going to jump to the NFL real quick. I know I said this was an NBA-heavy podcast, and it is, but I want to jump to the NFL real quick. Uh, we now know that it's likely that Aaron Rodgers is done in Green Bay, as it seems that a deal is being worked out. Um, there are conversations between the Packers and the Jets to send Aaron Rodgers to New York, which likely means that Jordan Love will be the starter in Green Bay, but which is good for him. But I want to talk about some things that he said before that was a foregone conclusion. Jordan Love pretty much demanded that if Aaron Rodgers comes back to Green Bay that he wants a trade to start elsewhere because he believes that he should be starting. Jordan Love has proven nothing in his two NFL seasons. His his NFL career spans 10 games where he's gone 50 for 83 for 600 yards, three touchdowns and three interceptions. That hardly screams give him the reins right now. I think Jordan Love is a bit over his skis here because this is not like when the when Brett Favre retired and then then, then decided he was going to unretire and come back when Green Bay was already training Aaron Rodgers who we pretty much knew was going to be as good as he ended up being. This is not that. When Jordan Love was drafted, he was said to be the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers, but there were questions. And then he didn't do a lot to answer those questions with his play in his first year with the minimum play that he had. And he didn't do a ton in the second year either. So there are still questions about Jordan Love, but Jordan Love seems to have forgotten that. And he believes all of a sudden that he is... Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and that he can he is a guy. He believes himself to be a guy. When he ha- he hasn't proven anything in his career. Nothing. So I think this is presumptuous of Jordan Love to to say it's Aaron Rodgers or it's me when Aaron Rodgers has a pedigree. Aaron Rodgers has a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers has multiple MVPs in the last couple of years, mind you. And 
he has a Hall of Fame resume. You have three touchdowns and three interceptions, and you say, it's me or him. You got lucky this time because it doesn't appear that Aaron wants to be back in Green Bay, and it doesn't appear that Green Bay wants him back. But it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with Aaron Rodgers' off-the-field antics, Aaron Rodgers' attitude with press, many other things. It has to do with Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't have to do with you. They're not shaking in their boots thinking, oh, we can't let Jordan Love get away. They've decided it's time to move on from Aaron Rodgers, and you happen to be the next man up. That hasn't. You are not Patrick Mahomes. You are not Lamar Jackson. You are not Joe Burrow. Get a grip. This next thing really, really... I, I, I already said how soft is our generation when talking about the last pick thing in the NBA. This is another instance. The Toronto Raptors released a video on the Jumbotron for International Women's Day where... They were basically, players were basically asked the question, what makes women great? And the answers they chose to play were, they're great because they can have babies. They're great because they birth all of us. They're great because they're queens. And the Raptors quickly issued an apology, I assume, to certain communities where it's like, oh, well, you know, women can have babies and women birth everybody, but, but, to certain communities that might find that offensive, grow up. Get over it. Regardless of what your stance is on certain issues, women do have all the babies. Women do birth everybody. Now, do I think the Raptors players could have given better answers? Like, women are strong. They're fierce. They are loving. There's so many attributes of what makes women great. Yeah, they focused on the birthing part. That doesn't seem to be the issue that, that some people have. But that to me is the part that's like, okay, maybe we could have thought of better answers. The issue people seem to have is that, oh, women birthing, women uh, birthing people. Because now, now we're not even allowed to say expectant mothers or, or pregnant women. We say birthing humans. Because we don't want to assume anything. Because we don't want to offend anybody. But the fact that the Raptors were so quick to issue an apology, whether it was from the, of their own accord or because the NBA made them, are we kidding? Was, it, was there a lie in that video? Was there a lie in that video that said, because they, they can have babies, because they give birth to everybody. Was there a lie? No. People were just offended by truth. And not their truth, not some, not some cookie-cutter version of what you think is truth based on what you think, based on your opinion, because that is, opinion is not truth. The fact that women have babies is a biological truth, and the Raptors said that in a very short video. The video was like 12 seconds, and people went up in arms about it. So I think the I think the the Raptors made the wrong move by apologizing and apologizing so quickly. There was nothing wrong with that video. People need to grow up and get over it. Society does not care about your feelings. It does not care about about how something something someone said is contradictory to your opinion. So that something is completely invalidated. Nobody cares. Next thing I want to talk, talk about. KD has gotten into yet another feud with yet another former player, whereas Charles Barkley and Shaq, but mainly Charles Barkley, criticized KD after his trade to the Suns 
about his legacy in the NBA, talking about how, oh, you know, he's got two championships, but he joined the Warriors. You know, LeBron needed Dwayne Wade. KD needed Steph. And now he needs Booker. Blah, 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 blah. And KD basically told Charles and Shaq, never watch me play again. And then he said some other things that I'll get to in a minute. KD has a history of reacting poorly to criticism. Listen, Kevin Durant is a national figure. He is an international figure. He is global. Everyone knows who Kevin Durant is. He plays basketball for a living in the in one of the most highly publicized professional sports leagues in the world. And he can't take criticism. This is the same guy who, I don't know if he still does, but at one point had a Twitter burner account to respond to his own critics. And he didn't hide it well because people figured it out. Kevin, you're on a national stage. The people who came before you made the league you're playing in what it is. They have a right, and now they get paid, to analyze the performance of of certain players. They have a right to criticize your performance. That is what they get paid to do. Just like what you get paid to do is put the ball in the basket. They're not doing anything different than you going out on the floor scoring 25 points. And yet you can't handle it. And to say, never watch me play again, well, they have to because they get paid to. But they, they could decide to never watch you play again and it wouldn't, it wouldn't be dust on their shoulder. Nobody cares. Nobody cares as much about you as you think they do. But they have a job to do. And that is to say, you know, maybe this isn't a good look on his image, joining yet another a super team that was close to a championship without him and possibly won a championship and he can take credit. That is their job. But then you took it a step further and you said, what do you want me to do? Play with Scoot Henderson and win a championship? That's a bad look because you're because you're bashing Scoot Henderson for no reason. And Scoot Henderson is a 19-year-old G League player who is projected to be probably a top five pick in this year's draft. And you're coming after him for no reason? To say, what do you want me to do? Play with Scoot Henderson? Acting like Scoot Henderson is nothing? Scoot Henderson's going to be in the in the NBA next year. And I bet you, if he doesn't get drafted by Phoenix or wherever the heck you decide you want to be in six months, he'll remember that. He'll say, that's the guy that had zero respect for me as a player, even though I didn't have his name in my mouth. I didn't say anything. I was out here playing for G League Ignite, and he brings me up. In his response to Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal. And says, what do you want me to do? Go play with Scoot Henderson? Like like Scoot Henderson is the lowest of the low. He's going to be a top 5, top 10 pick in the draft. It was uncalled for. And it shows how fragile Kevin Durant is. It shows how delicate his ego is. That not only is he clapping back at two of the greatest players to ever do it. And nothing against Kevin Durant, he is as well. But to but then to take a shot at somebody who's not even in the league yet, 
19-year-old kid. It's uncalled for. And, and KD kind of unraveled in that, in, in that moment in, where that was not necessary at all. One of the bigger stories in the league this week was John Morant taking some time away from the Memphis Grizzlies after he showed his gun off in an in a live video on his social media and people didn't like that and I didn't think it was a great look honestly um and now he's taking away taking time away from the team to take accountability for his actions to understand what he did all that good stuff we don't know how long he's going to be out it's, they said it's going to be at least four games which is not great for memphis as they are in a playoff race right now uh so we'll see how that affects them but i think it speaks to a bigger issue is that we're so enthralled with oh this 19 year old phenom oh he played one year in college or one year in the G League or or back in the day, um, you know, he always he's straight out of high school. That we don't think about, are they ready on a maturation level to handle not only the money, not only the notoriety, but the pressure that comes with the media, that comes with the big stage, that comes with the arenas, that comes with the money. Are they ready to handle it? Are they mature enough? And I think what John Morant is telling us right now is, no, he's not. What is he, 21 years old? He played one year of college ball. I'm blanking on where he played. I, I know it because I know somebody that, that, that works there. But he played one year of college ball, and now he's a great player. Nothing against his, his, his skill. But just this year, he made a comment about, you know, he was asked the question, who who do you fear most in the league? And he said the Celtics. And the reporter said, nobody in the West. He's like, I'm fine in the West. And then immediately, immediately, some of the league's biggest names, including Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, come, come fly into the West. And the Grizzlies struggle. And they they start to slip a little bit in the standings. And suddenly... John Morant's comments don't age well at a record pace. Then a story comes out about him allegedly punching a 17-year-old kid as a grown man. Then the gun thing. Honestly, when I, I heard that he was taking a leave of absence away from the Grizzlies before I, I saw the gun video. So I thought it was related to the incident with the, with the 17 year old come to find out he's in the news again, acting all tough, showing his gun off, which wasn't all that impressive. When he comes from a good family, went to a private school, trying, trying to project this image that is not him. It, it speaks to insecurities it speaks to immaturity. It speaks that he's not ready to not only be a leader of a, of a team in a league full of grown men, but he's not ready to be the face of one of the faces of that league, which he is. So I really hope that whatever help he's getting 
works for him. I like John Moran as a player. I think he's great. I think he's fun to watch. I think he's great for the league. But these instances, plural, in such a short period of time, speak to a deeper issue that I hope he can get figured out. I know I'm burning through topics here, but we have a lot to cover. Last thing, Draymond Green, yet again, has spoken out. The Grizzlies remain relevant without John Morant because there is a feud between the Grizzlies' Dylan Brooks and Draymond Green um, after a physical game after that the Grizzlies and Warriors are now being referred to as a rivalry, and it is. But then Draymond Green, as he is prone to do, opened his mouth. Draymond Green, in my opinion, he, he can't stop talking. He's one of the most entitled players in this league. Yes, he has four championships. And he never lets us forget it. Uh, we see the memes about, I know I've seen several, about how the 2008 Boston Celtics have never, that we've never seen a team milk one championship more than the players and coaches of the 2008 Boston Celtics do. Have you heard Draymond Green talk? Yeah, he has four championships, and I'm not taking that away from him. He was on some great Warriors teams, but that's where it stops. He was on some great teams. He won four championships, but in each of those four, he was the third or fourth best player on the team. And and he was on what he claims to be the best team of all time, the 73 and 9 Warriors in 2017, 16 or 17, 17 I believe. But he was the fourth best player. Now, the team that many people think was the best team in NBA history, including myself, the 72-10 and 10 Bulls, because they actually did win a championship, who was the fourth best player on that team? Not Michael, Scotty, no, Dennis, no, Steve Kerr, Ron Harper, Tony Kukoc. That's the territory we're talking about. Draymond Green has four championships, but never has he done it himself. In in the seasons where Draymond has to lead the team because Clay is out or Steph is out, they're not good. And Draymond Green can't stop talking about those four championships. Does Steph talk about them, the actual leader of the team? No. Does Clay talk about them? Absolutely not. Does Kevin talk about them? No, he's too busy talking about other stuff. He's too busy talking about himself. Draymond is the first to point out he has four rings, but neglects to point out that they're not it's not his team. It's Steph's team. Without Steph and without Clay, the Warriors would not have any championships. None. Those four would have gone to someone else. Draymond Green is is wearing shoes that are 10 sizes too big for him. He is talking out of areas that shouldn't be talking. He has said on multiple occasions, I believe I'm the best defender that's ever played. Well, there have been 
eras in the NBA where defense is actually a thing. You think because you play in a league where the average score is 115, 120 a night that you're the best defender ever in the NBA when Dennis Rodman exists, when Hakeem Olajuwon exists, when other players in your era exist, like Giannis. Draymond Green so desperately desires to be the center of attention that he will say anything. He will literally say anything to make sure people are talking about him. And, mind you, he's brought up the four championships. He's brought up, I think I'm the best defender in the league, this season, this year, in a year where the Warriors are 7-26 and on the road. Currently, they are in the playoffs. They are safely out of the play-in in the sixth spot right now. But they're only two games ahead of the Utah Jazz, who are 11th and not in the playoffs at all. So I think Draymond should stop reminding people that he has four championships and start actually playing basketball. And, okay, you're talking about, oh, he's got four championships. Well, he, he, he was an integral part in those four championships. Okay, I'll take that. It takes more than one or two players to win a championship. That's fine. But I want to remind you that Draymond Green talks like he is one of the best players in the NBA. One of the top 10 players in the NBA today. That's how he talks. And yet his career averages are 8.7 points, 7 rebounds, 5.6 assists, and 1 block. That, those are good stats for the 4th best player on a team. If... If Steph retired, if Clay left, if, well, Kevin's already left, if Jordan Poole goes away and Draymond's the only one left, how many games are you winning with those stats? How many games are you winning with eight points a game? I'll give you a hint. You're making a lottery pick the next season. Draymond Green has no room to talk. I have often compared Draymond Green to the modern-day Dennis Rodman, except Dennis Rodman was better in every way. Dennis Rodman probably had a lower points-per-game average, but that's because he had he, there were nights where he had 30 rebounds. There were nights where he had 5, 6, 7 blocks. Draymond Green doesn't do that regularly enough to be talking as much as he does. Draymond Green is the most entitled player in the NBA because he got lucky to be drafted to a team that built perfectly. How many times have we seen a player in any sport get put in the right situation, and then once they leave that situation, we see how poorly it goes? Brian McCann was drafted by the Atlanta Braves, played many great years, and then went to the Yankees, didn't work out as well. Then went to the Astros, worked out a little better, but still not as well. Dwight Howard's probably the biggest example where he was the man, arguably the best player in the NBA during his tenure in Orlando. And then he left Orlando for a bigger stage, and it hasn't worked out anywhere he's gone. The Lakers, the Rockets, the Hornets, the Hawks, the Lakers again. And now he's playing on a losing team in Taiwan. Sometimes success has a lot to do 
with your situation. And Draymond Green better thank his lucky stars that his situation is with Golden State because he would not have a championship. He would not have any room to talk. He would not have anything he has if he had been drafted by Detroit, by Houston, by Oklahoma City, and had been forced to be the man. If Draymond Green had to be the number one guy, it would be one of the worst teams in the NBA. You can quote me on that. That's all the time I have. This has been Empire Sports Talk from our new location. It'll look a lot better soon, I promise. Uh, Follow us on social media. Uh, Check out that social media this week as we're going to add a lot more content outside of the regular episodes. So let us know what you think of that. We're going to have some power rankings coming where I rank the top five things of a given topic. I think the first one I'm going to do is MLB stadiums, and then there's going to be sports movies, stadium anthems, different things. So so go to our social medias and tell us what you want to see on on those power rankings and other things you would like to see outside of these episodes. I am I, I am Roman Gennaro. This has been Empire Sports Talk. See you next time.